You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. In Luke chapter 11, verse 21, we find um, a principle in the middle of the context here, which says this, and we'll read Luke eleven twenty-one. It says, when a strong man or woman... Come on, ladies, let me hear you roar. All right, good day. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. When a person, an individual, is strong, fully armed, fully armored, and they're active and in position, the Bible promises by this principle that his goods, his life, His situation, his realm is in peace. It's safe and secure. So what we need to do then is to make sure that we are strong. Come on. That we're strong, that we're fully armored. And that we're alert and in position. So that this can be a reality in our life. So just as a person can be strong, fully armored, alert and in position, his goods will be at peace. The inverse is also true. The inverse is also true that you can be weak and not have your armor, certainly not the full armor, and then not be alert and not be in position and everything is vulnerable. Vulnerable to what? Vulnerable to attack, vulnerable to destruction. And vulnerable because you have an enemy who's looking for those vulnerabilities. He's seeking whom he may devour. He's checking for that open window and that unlocked door. He, he's trying to find a way in. And so it's important that you and I not live paranoid, but that we live strong and live fully armored and alert and watchful. And that we are in position and we're ready. And, and here's the deal. And we win. Everybody say we win. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, and this is our, our main text for this. We're going to read... Verse 10 through 18, I know that's a lot of verses. We tested it out first service. Very little bad side effects from it at all. It says, finally, my brethren, say that's me. Or to be fair, cistern. That's you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Pay attention to that. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you say that's me, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having your having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. 
And this is where Paul talks about the armor, but he also talks about the fact that we're in a battle. Now, you need to know this, that you do have an enemy. And and I know this never blesses you, but he hates you. And he started hating you before you were even born. He started working in your family generations ago. To bring curse, to bring mistakes, to bring sin, to bring all kinds of things, to just kind of mess up the whole path so that there's very little chance of you arriving and living in wholeness. And he started hating you even more when you were born, when you were actually born. How many of you were born? How many of you were hatched? Stay away from each other, those the hatchlings. Um, but when you were born... He hated you even more because guess what? You were made and created in the likeness and the image of God. And then as life goes on, if you were born again, anybody born again? Okay. And and remember, you don't enter again into your mother's womb. This is a spiritual thing. That's born of the flesh. You were born and then born of the spirit. That's when you receive Jesus as your savior. He came into your heart. And your spirit is regenerated and you are born again. You're in the family of God. Well, when you're born again, the hate, hate got turned up even more because now you're a part of the body of Christ. And as a part of the body of Christ, the enemy just hates you even more. And here's the other thing. You represent such a threat because... When a person is just born and not born again, they are hated of the enemy, but also know this though. They're also subject to his control. And so to be subject to his control, he's a hard taskmaster and he wants to work ill in your life. And now that you get born again, not only are you delivered and rescued out of that, you become a deliverer and a rescuer and you bring good news to others this way out, this way out. By pointing them to Jesus and his cross. Amen. Amen. So the enemy hates you because you're made in the likeness in the image of God. As a believer, you're a part of the body of Christ, which he views as his arch enemy. And now you present an incredible threat to his control and ruin that he he likes to work in the lives of mankind. Thus, we have a battle. Everybody say, it's on. on. Go ahead. Say it like you mean it. It's on. on. And and I want to tell you something. This is the purpose of this. You're up for it. You want to fight? It's on. It's on. You're ready for it. I can remember times, you know, fifth grade or whatever. You're going to fight somebody over something. What, did y'all, did y'all not go to school or my school? And I can remember sometimes if there was going to be a fight, I was a little nervous. And other times I was not nervous. You need to understand we are not nervous. It's on and we're up for it. And that's what this armor is about. Now, we didn't pick this fight. We didn't start this. But I'll tell you what, through the Lord Jesus, we're going to finish it though. We're going to finish it. Amen. Life and blessings are not without struggle. You know, we would like to think, and if your theology is, you know, you come to Jesus and everything's just swell and you get lots of stuff. 
That's your theology that is, that will not hold up in weather. That will not hold up in real life. You're going to live with a lot of great disappointments if that's the result. Now, God does want to bless you. And God, God doesn't mind putting blessings and even things in your life. But that is so secondary. It should never even be your focus. And the thing is, God has equipped you and he's weatherproofed you, so to speak, so that you can endure in this life. But you need to understand, just know it. Just, just knowing helps you on this, that life and blessings are not without struggle. There's a tension to life. Life is a continuous cycle of crisis and process. But again, we win. And tension actually can be turned into something very beautiful. You know, this piano over here has 88 keys, but I don't know how many strings would be in there. And those strings have to be kept at a tension. The guitars, a certain tension. The embouchure, the lips of our brass players, a certain tension. The heads on the drums, a certain tension. And out of that tension, used in the right way, something beautiful comes. And, and life is not just this slack, limp, pudding, gooey, sticky thing. You know, that, and we don't just slip slide along, you know, there's, there's tension and we've got to be up for it and we've got to be equipped for it. And God has given us the equipment and the armor and the tools and the strength to be able to travel this sod, to be able to live in this planet and to be overcomers. Amen. So this battle, let's look at this battle a little bit. Some people may not even be aware there is a battle. And sometimes life is just going so good and so fine that you've forgotten that there's a battle. And you may not be fully aware. Others of you are fully aware there is a battle. There is a battle. And it feels like, you know, that you're, you're surrounded and taking on enemy fire from virtually every direction. You're fully aware there is a battle. Let me tell you what I kind of see. The variety, even in our presence here this morning. I see some that are Strong, brave heroes taking care of business. I see others that are battle-weary soldiers. And they're hanging in there. And they're hard at it. And then there are others that are kind of shell-shocked right now. And they're wondering, how long can I really hold out? And you got some people, and they're almost like a dazed tourist. That have found themselves in the middle of the battlefield. Got their tank top, their inflatable tube speedo and flip-flops and they're wondering <laughs> wonder what is going on and they're in the middle of the battlefield and then as you look around also you see casualties and you see damage everywhere and part of it has to do with this battle the battle is unseen but it's more real than if it were seen and though the battle is unseen we feel it it's tangible to us and the results of it are certainly seen. I've told you time and time again, and I'm more aware of it than ever before, that much of ministry is people repair. There's damage that happens in our life. And every opportunity the enemy gets, he'll vandalize your life. He'll, he'll do whatever he can to somehow destroy, undermine, do what he can do to mess you up and to get you off track. And so it's time for us to step up and, and to battle. And we're ready for it. And God has given us what we need so that we can. I just read it to you so that we are able to stand. Everybody say it. I am able to stand. 
But without God's help, look at me, everybody here. Without God's help, you lose. You lose. And even if you are a believer or if you came in here today and you're not a Christian, you're not sure about the whole deal or maybe you didn't, you're not even sure where you're at today. You were headed to Home Depot, you know, and got caught in traffic or whatever. We're just glad you're here. But you're not even sure about all this. Let me just tell you, without God's help, you lose. And so we want to find out how to plug in and fully connect with God's help here. We read in verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 6, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I want you to notice that term wrestle. Everybody say wrestle. It's actually an athletic term. And it's close struggle. It's hand-to-hand combat. This is not some computer-launched laser-guided missile that we're able to fire back and forth from long distances at each other. This is up close and personal. We feel the sweat. We smell their breath. We trash-talk each other. And it is on, and every move counts. Every, every step counts. Everything you do and say counts. We're in that kind of struggle. We're engaged in this hand-to-hand combat. But Psalm 144 verse 1 says this, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. You're up for this. Now, this verse also reveals the enemy's headquarters. It reveals a hierarchy of evil. It shows us a virtual spiritual training camp for spiritual terrorists, so to speak. And it shows this headquarters of evil. And it says that it is in the heavenly places or literally the heavenlies. The Amplified Bible says a supernatural sphere. Remember, it's unseen. A supernatural sphere, a spiritual realm. It sounds scary. It sounds overwhelming. It sounds like it should be in 3D and surround sound, you know. But there is a realm. There's a sphere. And forgive me, it's not completely, totally circled round. And we're going to put this here negative, negative. This is that realm of evil. And it is, scripture indicates to us that it's up. It's above us. But I don't want you to be out there looking. Honey, bring the camera. Or cloud makes something weird. There's the devil right there. Get my bow and arrow, son. You know. No, it's unseen. It's unseen. But it's in the heavenlies. Not heaven, but heavenlies. And it has to do with a a realm and a sphere above the earth. But this is the thing. It's unseen. It's unseen. And you need to understand that the spiritual is just right here. It's just right here. It's just unseen. Did you know there are angels in this room? Do you know that when you're in your car, there's angels with you and the Holy Spirit's with you? Do you know there's a battle going on all around you and in the unseen, it's just incredible what is happening all around you all the time. And it's just this close. And when you die, you just step through that veil. On occasion, we find in scripture and even sometimes in, in life, and I don't believe everybody on all these things, but sometimes you can see into that realm. God will show you something. 
when Jesus was born or the birth of his, the announcement of his birth, angels suddenly appeared. They just, this heavenly host popped into the scene. They were this close. When Jesus was in the garden about to be arrested, he said, don't you know that right now I could ask for 12 legions, 64,000 army angels are assigned right now to this garden. Jesus said. All I'd have to do is call from poof. They're in the scene and you are, you are fried. You are fried. They're just, it's just that close, the spiritual realm. And the battle is just that close. And so as we look at this, this heavenlies. But these heavenly places are also spoken of earlier in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Remember that we just read about the armor in Ephesians chapter 6. Now, back in chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, read very carefully now, who has blessed us, say, that's me. He blessed us with what? With every spiritual blessing. Say that again. Every spiritual blessing, where? In the heavenly places in Christ. So, same Sphere, a supernatural sphere, but here's kind of the way this works. This, well, this one's positive. And you, in the same general area, have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And as the enemy tries to encroach upon this, this is where the battle takes place. Now, let's keep going. In uh, Ephesians chapter, excuse me. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in this realm because a previous battle took place that affected this realm. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 15, speaking of Jesus, it says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So Jesus is already defeated. Say, these are already defeated. Jesus has already defeated them and he ran the score up on them too. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 through 23, it says, When he, God, worked in Christ, which he, God, worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the where? In the heavenly places far above. So this realm extends even further above. Seated him far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, whose feet are on top of that, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus is now seated far above every power, every ruler, every authority. Jesus is superior to every spiritual Being that exists. His name is above every name. He's the king above all kings. He's the Lord above all lords. The Bible says Jesus is all in all. And he has power and dominion over every ruler, authority, and dominion. Jesus has power and dominion over this realm. And you are in him. And he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing. He's overcome all of this. He's put this under his feet. He's seated far above this. He's superior to all of this. And you are found in him as a believer. But understand this. Stay with me on this. But again, 
He has power. He has power over every ruler, authority, and dominion. But we do not apart from him. We do not apart from him. And without his help and without his strength and without his armor, we lose. But thank God we have his strength. And we have his help. And we have his armor. Everybody say, so we can win. Now, although this is a done deal that this is defeated. As I said recently, maybe in the last week, the enemy is defeated, but he still has some time left on his lease. And he's not been locked away forever yet. And so he still tries to do, Revelation 12 said he's filled with insane fury and rage. Knows his time is short. And he's increasing what he's trying to do to bring damage in our life. But you need to understand, there's still a struggle. There is still a battle. But ultimately, you are going to win. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong, literally be made strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, in the power of his might, put on the whole armor. Everybody say whole armor, put on the whole armor of God that you might come on, that you may be, there we go, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 13 says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be what able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand back in verse 10, where it talks about the power of his might, literally in the Greek, it's the intensity of his might, it's the intensity of his power. It's kind of like this. It's the heat of the fire. It's the wetness of the water. It's the sweetness of the fruit. It's the brightness of the light. It's the power of his might. Let me put it to you this way. When I go to lunch in just a little bit, and I am excited about that. When I go to lunch, I don't want just a picture of some food. I want the essence of the food. I want to smell it. I want to see it. I want to taste it. I want to handle it. I want to eat it. Okay. Well, listen, we don't need just a theory about power and a theory about might. We need the essence of it. We need the heat from the fire. We need the brightness of the light. We need the sweetness of the fruit. We need the power, the intensity of the might. And God said that he would give that to us. He would infuse that into our lives so that we have real deal. Not just a theory, not just a term, not just an idea, not just a picture of some food, but some full-blown lunch. Amen. Amen. Now, as I said, this battle involves hand-to-hand combat. And during that time, there's going to be some trash talking going on. You know, guys are playing basketball and they're up close to each other. There's trash talking going on. If guys are boxing or wrestling, there's trash talk going on. When you're engaged in this close warfare, there's some trash talking going on. And the enemy is trying to use his trickery. He's trying to use deception. He's trying to tell you, you're going down. You're nothing. I know all about you. I know all about your family. I know all about your stuff. He's trying to undermine you. He's trying to shake you up just a little bit. You're nothing. You're not even sure 
about your own salvation. You're not even it just it just constantly doing this and see what we're going to be able to do. You just need to know a few things. I am able to stand. I've got the armor of God. You're going down, Mr. Bad Breath. I mean, you just you just stay right there. Amen. Here's some of the things that he tries to do. And we try to equip you with this with traps and tricks. But here's here's some of the things. Temptations. Temptations. That's where the battle's going. Where is this battle, Pastor? Temptations is one of them. What is the temptation? You're trying to be enticed to do something that's wrong. He's trying to convince you that it's a better way to do it wrong. He's trying to tempt you on all kinds of things. He's trying to discourage you. He's trying to wear you out. He's trying to distract you. Am I on the right list with the right people here? He's trying to get you to doubt. Doubt God, doubt God's word, doubt God's ability, doubt God's character, doubt God's intentions, doubt your position in God. He's trying to get you to bite into some bad doctrine. He's trying to get you to bite into some false teaching. He's trying to turn you away from God. He's trying to keep you from doing what's right. He's trying to keep you from walking in the light. He'll even try to keep you from getting to church. And although we call it a struggle and wrestling in a battle, guess what? Sometimes it comes off very sweet. On a Sunday morning, an early Sunday morning in the fall. And it's time to go to church. Never has there been a time or day where your pillow and your blankie are more comforting. Am I right? And many people lost that battle today. You won. You won. You won. But there's a battle. And that battle goes on. It's like, you've worked hard all week. You deserve this. Cozy, cozy, cozy. You should stay in bed. And this little battle goes on all the time, all over the place, all over the place. We've got this little struggle going on and you've got to be aware of it and strong and fully armed. He's also going to try to keep you from the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, which is your only offensive weapon. And it's all that you need. I shared with the guys in one of the one of the sessions on our on our men's advance that we've got to get into the word. And the first key to getting into the word of God, you ready for this? Open the book. And he's constantly trying to convince you, just carry it with you. Keep it in your glove box. Get a big one and put it on the coffee table. Did you know that does you no good? I know some people will check. They get into a hotel room. They check, make sure there's a Bible in the door. Good, we're safe. You've got to abide in the word and you've got to get the word abiding in you. And faith comes by hearing, not by carrying. He'll try to keep you out of the word. He'll try to keep you from praying. You've had it rough. You just rest. Let somebody else pray. Let God lay it on somebody else's heart to pray for you. He'll try to keep you from walking in love. He'll try to keep you from forgiving. This is a struggle that we go on all the time, all the time, all the time. There's battle and there's struggle going on all the time, but we're able to win. And we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We don't have a physical enemy. We have a spiritual enemy. Therefore, our strength, our armor, and our weapons must also be spiritual. Second Corinthians 10 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's spiritual weapons that we have. And as intense as it can get, 
the battle. It's not a dead heat. This is not a close match. The enemy is strong. Listen, listen to me. But your Savior is stronger. First John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. James 4, 7 says this. Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he'll flee like a pansy. It's in the Greek. Don't look it up. Just trust me. And then in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So as strong as the enemy might be or, or project himself to be, our savior is stronger. Now, real quick, and this is introduction this week, but this armor of God that Paul wrote about, inspired by the Holy Spirit. When Paul wrote about this, he was a private prisoner of Rome. And they chained him to a Roman guard. The guard would be on duty customarily for six hours. That would be his shift. And so Paul had four different guards every day chained to him. And while all this was going on, Paul's writing this. Paul's praying Paul's communicating with God. Paul's talking to the guy. One of the greatest communicators ever on this planet. Talking to the guy. I wonder who's chained to who. And later on, Paul writes, I greet you. And the saints of Caesar's household also greet you. I think these big burly guys with all their armor chained to Paul. The trained guards surrendered. To a savior who wore sandals and changed everything. Amen. Amen. But Paul observed up close this armor. I'm, I'm sure he probably, can I touch this? Can I, he probably tapped on it with his pen. Probably said, bro, let me hold your sword. <laughs> you know, he was up close to be able to see all this. And that picture the Holy Spirit used for him to come up with this thing. And this is the truth that you need to take away today. Your armor is vital to your victory. Your armor is vital to your victory. Say, my armor is vital to my victory. Listen, we've got it so clear out of scripture. If you got the armor, you'll be able to stand. If you don't have the armor, you're going to get hit. Stuff's going to happen there. You're not going to be able to stand. Didn't say that you wouldn't ultimately win, but I'm telling you, let's not look for exceptions. Let's not look for loopholes. Let's do what Paul said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Get that whole armor on. Come on, get the whole armor on so that you will be able to stand. Your armor, say my armor, is vital to my victory. Now, the armor is symbolic. The armor, these are metaphors. For actions, behaviors, virtues, and frames of mind. Actions, behaviors, virtues, and frames of mind that we're going to look at over the next few weeks. So that we are armed, fully armed, fully covered, fully armored. And that's what we're going to look at over these next few weeks. Listen, we are in a battle, but we are able to withstand and we are able to win. God gives us armor. God gives us strength. 1 Corinthians 9, 7 says, no man goes to battle at his own expense. You don't have to come up with your own strength and your own armor. God will give you the armor. God will give you the strength. We do not have to do this at our own expense. And God has given you and I what it takes to be able to win. 
As I close this morning, here's the point of application. Here's the, here's the first imperative. Here's the command. Be strong. Everybody say, be strong. And being strong is not optional. Let me read you one passage here. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11 from the Amplified Bible. Watch this carefully and then I'm going to wrap this up. It says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength. Everybody say, draw your strength. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might provides. Put on the whole armor of God. The armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies. That you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. Philippians 4.13 in the Amplified says, I have strength. Everybody say, I have strength. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm going to tell you what, folks. He will give you what you need to be able to win in this battle. The imperative is to be strong. Here's the two things that will make you strong. First of all, his mighty power. His mighty power. And the second thing is this. Knowing, just knowing, having the knowledge, I can win. Because the enemy is trying to been tell, has been trying to tell you, you're not going to win. He tries to act all confident and tell you, this is broken and this will never be fixed. He's trying to tell you, this won't get better, this will get worse. He's trying to tell you all these things and I want to tell you something. He's a liar. He's a liar. And God has given you what you need for battle. He has given you all the strength. He's given you all the armor that you need for battle. And I want you to know this because this will help you to be strong. And you will be able to stand. Your armor is vital to your victory, but you will be able to stand. And having done all to stand, stand. Let me finish with this. Psalm 1832 says, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. The message Bible says, is not this the God who armed me and then aimed me in the right direction. And just knowing that God commands us, just as he commanded Joshua, be strong. There's power in that command. Sometimes you got to tell yourself, be strong. Not in your own strength, not in your grit in your teeth or will worship or anything, but be strong in the Lord. Draw the strength that you need from him. And then also draw strength from the knowledge that scripture reveals that if I'll put on the whole armor of God, I'm going to win. Count it. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. Do you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.